Welcome to the Soft Life with Sadie Baddies. Sadie Baddies is the antidote to mental health stigma, and this podcast is hosted by yours truly, Priscilla O. Adjman. We are a virtual sanctuary centering Black and multiracial people, and we prioritize the mental and emotional nourishment that is the foundation of collective healing in our communities. Thank you for being here. Happy Monday, baddies. Welcome back to The Soft Life. I hope that you had a chance to listen to last week's episode, which was all about protecting your peace on social media. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, don't worry, you can always come back to hear it when you're ready. But I know that this episode resonated with a lot of y'all, so please keep listening, sharing, downloading, and I want to know your thoughts. Have you taken a social media break? Do you feel overwhelmed by social media sometimes? And let's start a conversation about creating more of a wellness practice around social media. So today's topic is nice and juicy. It's all about dating, relationships, and situationships. So I really wanted to talk about this because relationships all, we whether we are in a, in a relationship or not, we all have different types of relationships in our lives with friends, with lovers, with our family. And I really wanna use this episode as an opportunity to dive deep into some of the the green flags, the red flags, and even the yellow flags when it comes to relationships. So every single relationship is different, as we know. Relationships and relationship dynamics can vary from partner to partner, and no relationship looks the same for everyone. It's completely between you and your partner of what flows, what goes, and what does not. And you and your partner are responsible for setting those standards in your relationship. So what makes a relationship healthy? Therapists generally agree that the one thing that healthy relationships largely share is adaptability. They adapt to circumstances and the fact that we're always changing and going through different phases in our lives. So on a personal note, I have been in a long-term relationship for the last four years with my partner and He and I have really evolved both as individuals and as a couple. And this this episode is not, you know, based on my own experience per se. However, this is really just the baseline of what to look out for in relationships. So first, we're going to start with the green flags in relationships. So what is a green flag? As we know, similar to how we identify green as go or green as being good a green flag in a relationship can indicate that you have a strong passionate and committed relationship with your partner and you're invested in sharing long-term goals together so these can be signs that you're both doing the inner and outer work to show up for yourselves and one another so let's talk about what some of those green flags are so number one feeling appreciated seen and safe This is so important, more than anything, feeling safe and seen in your relationship and appreciated is really going to set the foundation and the standard for the rest of your relationship. Number two is you both take accountability and know how to apologize. Don't underestimate the importance of being accountable with yourself, but also in a relationship, being able, being able to be accountable with each other. And of course, apologizing. Sometimes you will say something or do something that offends your partner or hurts your partner. And it's really a big part of a healthy relationship to be able to own up to that and to be honest and apologize and work towards, you know, healing the relationship or moving forward. 
Number three, your friends and family support your relationship. So having friends and family that are supportive of your relationship is really important. And there's a difference between support and approve. When somebody supports your relationship, they want the best for you and your partner. They want you to both grow together. They want you to both thrive together. And they want to see you develop a long-lasting relationship long-term. However, you may not always have people that approve of your partner. And we'll get into that a little bit later. There might be different reasons why someone in your family or your friends don't approve of your partner but generally speaking having a support system around you and your partner in your relationship is really important and it's a, a good sign it's a healthy sign of um, a healthy relationship um, number four you celebrate trust and support one another obviously having um, celebrate being able to celebrate each other's accomplishments, but also being able to be there for each other when you know you're going through a hard time or you're going through a dark time. Being able to support each other and be there um, despite the highs and the lows. And last but not least, you have open and honest communication. So obviously, being able to share openly with your partner about how you're feeling, what you're feeling, what you're going through, and vice versa, and Again, going back to feeling emotionally safe with your partner is a huge aspect of a healthy relationship. So in summary, green flags really just have the emotional and physical safety factor that is needed for a healthy relationship to thrive and develop over time. There, This takes time though, you know, you don't just start this overnight it really does take time to be committed to wanting to have a healthy relationship um and that's where that commitment comes into wanting to have a relationship that supports both of your needs individually but also as a couple or as partners okay so let's get into some of the yellow flags in a relationship so a yellow flag in a relationship doesn't necessarily mean that the bond is doomed or will fail or you're going to break up but it can definitely show you that there's some areas in your dynamic that might need more work or more attention so often especially in long-term relationships you partners can experience uh, moments or periods of plateau which is essentially when you're in a relationship with someone for a, a long time you know three four five years or longer and there's just a sense of slight boredom it could be that you're not as excited to be around them or you might feel more annoyed around them than usual but you still love them you still care about them you're still doing things together and supporting and growing with each other but just there's a lack of there's not as much passion as there was before and that really is because you are so familiar with this person that it's not as exciting because you already know what they're going to say. You know what their favorite color is. You know what they're going to order for dinner. So that sense of excitement that you once had when you were just getting to know each other is not really there anymore. However, that doesn't mean that there's not chances to rediscover each other or reignite that spark. So let's talk about some of those yellow flags. So number one is feeling like your relationship is boring and stagnant. So as I mentioned, with this plateau period, couples or individuals in a relationship can feel just like a lack of passion, a lack of 
excitement um, from the relationship. They might just feel like, oh, I'm just doing the same thing over and over again, or we're going to the same restaurant we always go to, or not doing anything exciting. And that can really just make you not feel motivated to continue the relationship. Um, Number two is not spending as much quality time together. So we all know that there's different love languages. However, when you as a couple don't make time for each other or prioritize time in the relationship to reconnect with each other that can also be and this is continuous this could be for a lot of reasons it could be because you have different work schedules or maybe one of you or both of you travel a lot or maybe you have kids and you just don't have as much time to spend together this doesn't mean that your relationship is doomed or that you should just break up with your partner, but this is obviously an area where you might need to spend more time and energy on to build and strengthen your relationship. Number three, you're seeking excitement or attention from others. So if you're in a monogamous relationship and you find yourself kind of lingering and your eyes are wandering a little more than usual or you're just not as attracted to your partner and you want to you know maybe get that attention or you're seeking that um attraction from other people whether it's online or in real life or at work that's also an area that is would be considered like a problem area because unless that's something that's already discussed in your relationship or you have you know even like an open relationship where those types of behaviors aren't um, criticized as heavily or they're not demonized as something that's negative. However, if you're in a relationship and it's monogamous and you're really focused on just having that person's full attention, and but you find yourself wandering and always contemplating, well, what if? That could also be a topic of, of conversation that you might need to bring up with your partner or vice versa. And obviously this is where if it's not discussed, you know, you could actually end up having a disagreement about where your relationship is going. However, this is all information for you. So if you find yourself doing that, you know, take note of it. Keep in mind that, okay, maybe this is an area that I need to talk about with my partner and, you know, we need to figure out what's best for us so that you're not misleading anyone at the end of the day. And number four is your sex life just feels more blah than usual. So if you are usually really intimate with your partner and, you know, you are passionate with them and you share a lot of intimacy, but for a period of time, it's just not felt like that or you're not as aroused or attracted to them unless this is something that you're actively trying to work on together with your partner and you are trying you're both trying to make this spark reignite this could also be a problem area if just left unaddressed for a long time and the issue with just leaving things as it is and expecting it to get better is that it's not going to get better unless you really work on it. And a lot of couples go through this. A lot of marriages go through this, a period of like just what they call a dry spell. And the dry spells are actually normal. They're not necessarily a bad thing. However, if it's not being worked on together, one person can really start to feel guilty 
or another person can really start to feel rejected. So those feelings of rejection, guilt, shame, embarrassment, hurt, all of that is disappointment. Those feelings are really heavy feelings to carry in a relationship for a long period of time. So this might be an area where, you know, think about ways that you can explore and reignite that passion. Um, and whether that's going to therapy and going to couples therapy, even if you're not married, there's couples that still go to therapy together because they are invested in their relationship. And last but not least, you feel like you're more focused on the negatives of your relationship than the positives. So if you actually take time to write down a list of pros and cons in your relationship, if you're hyper-focused on the negatives and you just feel like the negatives outweigh the positives in your relationship again these are times it's probably a good idea to have these discussions with your partner and really you know ask them hey i'm feeling like this are you feeling this way and if they are or they're not that's where you can start to have these conversations and have more clarity about what you want from your relationship do you want to keep working together and you know have a breakthrough so that you're on the same page again or maybe it is time to separate. So in short, yellow flags require the relationships to make some changes and adapt. Again, it does not mean that your relationship has failed or that you should just cut this person off and say, okay, this is, this is it. I'm done. But everything that I, I mentioned in this area is, these are, these are signs that you will need to put a little bit more time and energy into focusing on these areas. Also, I don't know if you hear the rain in the background, but if you hear some some rain sounds, it's because it's raining outside. It's actually kind of nice. <laughs> okay. And lastly, let's talk about the red flags. So we all know what red flags are. I mean, there's Twitter threads about red flags. There's memes about red flags. We all know what red flags are in relationships. Sometimes, although they can be funny or comical or superficial, red flags are actually things that you should pay attention to. And these are indications in your relationship that you and your part, you and or your partner are contributing harm to each other, whether that's mental, physical, emotional, financial, or, or sexual towards each other. So these signs may also indicate that the relationship has run its course and it is a good time to consider cutting ties in this relationship so this is when you're kind of in the danger zone of your relationship especially if this happens um on a regular basis so number one having controlling or manipulative behavior if your partner is telling you what to do on a daily basis what to wear who you can who you can speak to how you speak and how to spend your time, that is controlling. That is manipulative behavior because you deserve to have the autonomy and the agency to do what you want with your with yourself and your body. However, if you have a partner that is telling you and restricting you in this area or making you feel guilty for doing things like talking to other people, your friends, your family, coworkers, and making you feel guilty or ashamed or threatening you, like that is not okay. Um, Number two is lack of trust and accountability for action. So if your partner um, repeatedly shows that they don't trust you and makes you feel guilty, even when you're being honest, that really has less to do with you and more to do with them as they are not able to fully be vulnerable and also be able to trust you in the relationship and vice versa. So in addition to that, not having accountability for their actions. So if your partner 
you know, does things to harm you or offends you or belittles you, but doesn't take accountability for it or acts like you're crazy and gaslights you, that is also a red flag, a huge red flag. And that is also a sign of emotional abuse. Um, number three, so having irresponsible, unpredictable, or irrational behavior. So when you have a partner that just does things without any regard for your feelings, you know, whether it's just like, say they just disappear and they're just, they're out and they're just like, I don't really care. I don't really need to answer to you. Or they're just, you know, making huge purchases that affect both of your finances without really you know, having an open discussion like, hey, I think, especially if you share finances with each other, that's, I'm specifically speaking about couples that share finances or are are married. If you are making really huge decisions in your life um, without at least talking to your partner about it, even if they don't agree with it, but just having a discussion, it can come across as kind of, you know, irrational and, and impulsive. And I want to also mention, you know, sometimes people that do, you know, struggle with um, mental health issues might have a tendency to have some of these behaviors. So I just want to clarify, I'm not speaking in that regard. I'm really speaking about a continuous behavior pattern where you are just completely disregarding your, your partner's feelings or their input in decisions that affect both of you. And number four, abusive or violent behavior of any kind. So this goes from ment- this goes from emotional abuse. This goes from physical abuse, financial abuse, taking advantage of of you and your body, of your resources, um, being violent towards you, yelling at you, screaming at you, calling you names. That is unexcusable. That is not okay. And a lot of people feel like because they're in relationships that have been you know, maybe you're in a long-term relationship and this person has always treated you like that. That does not make it okay. And I, I need I need everyone to just understand that it's not about how long you're with someone. It's about how they treat you. So it doesn't matter if you're with somebody for five years, six years, and they've only done it once, they can always do it again. So it's important to know and have those red flags and to also have a support system where God forbid, if that were to happen, you have somebody to talk to and you have somebody to speak to. Um, Last but not least, obviously violating boundaries and ignoring communication. So stonewalling is when you completely shut down towards your partner and you're trying to speak to them and they just refuse to speak to you. And maybe this happens after an argument and they just shut down. If this happens every single time you have a disagreement, that is a red flag. That means that this person is probably incapable of having that emotional response or that emotional availability to speak to you and communicate with you. So when you have someone that's just completely shutting down or just ignoring your calls or texts, Again, that really doesn't allow a lot of room for growth or change in the relationship. So also violating boundaries. Um, This could be financial boundaries, physical boundaries, emotional boundaries. It could be going through your partner's phone without, you know, asking them or them knowing about it. It could be, um, you know, your partner touching you in a way that doesn't make you feel safe and comfortable. And just because that's your partner, your partner still, you still require consent. And you still require um, softness and safety in your relationship, no matter how long you've known your partner. So these are all red flags. 
And in summary, red flags show that the relationship is unstable and not the healthiest long-term. Also, if any of these red flags stick out to you or even if one or two of them have happened or are currently happening in your relationship, I highly encourage you to visit the Sadie Baddies website. Um, it's sadiebaddies.com resources. And on our resources page, we have a list of resources, one of them including resources and um, information and hotlines for um, people who are in violent situations of any kind. So I really encourage you if you if you know someone or you yourself are going through something like this to check out our resources and just know that there is support because you deserve to have a healthy and safe relationship. Okay, so this is what I think is helpful in terms of dating. So when you're dating somebody and it's new, it's fresh, it's fun, there are some questions that you can ask yourself before you really start to spend a lot of time with this person. So here are three questions to ask yourself before dating someone new. And by dating, I don't mean just talking or texting. I mean actually going on dates. So number one, am I curious about this person's journey in growth? Does this person, you know, that you're talking to or you're dating, are you curious about where this person's journey is? Are you curious about where they're going in life? Or does it really not interest you at all? If you're not even interested in this person's growth or like just their journey in general, it's also a good way to ask yourself, well, why am I speaking to this person? Why am I giving this person my time of day? Why am I spending so much energy talking to this person and hanging out with them if I'm actually not genuinely interested about where they're going in life. And I, that might seem like the bare minimum. However, I do think that sometimes we can get caught up of being talking to people out of boredom. You know, if we're just bored or we're lonely, you might just end up talking to someone that you're like, I know this person is not compatible with me and I really actually don't care too much about their trajectory in life however they're going to fill up my time they're going to make me feel less lonely that's why that should be a question that you ask before you really commit to dating someone um maybe for the long haul so number two is what triggers might i have that might come up if i become intimate emotionally or physically with this person so say for example you're just fresh off a breakup and then you decide to go back into dating. There might be some triggers that you haven't even addressed yet before you start dating this person. You know, if maybe in your last relationship, your partner was unfaithful to you, or they didn't appreciate you, or they disrespected you. Are there certain triggers that are still really fresh wounds? And are you going to carry that into this next relationship or this next talking phase with this person and if so is that person emotionally ready and available to hold space for you this is a question i include because again i think sometimes when we move out of fear or we move out of pain we're not processing the trauma that we've been through i personally when i before i met my partner now when I was single, I went through a period of time of not dating anyone, not talking to anyone because I was hurt from one of my last experiences with dating and it hurt me so much that, and again, I wasn't in a relationship. However, it hurt me because I let my guard down and then I was really disappointed at the end. I was really 
left feeling confused. I was left feeling really just frustrated. And I took that time instead of jumping into another, you know, situationship because truly that's what it was. It wasn't a relationship. But before jumping into dating someone else or going into another situationship, I spent time dating myself. I really spent time learning who I was as a woman. I was I took my time learning about what I liked, what I don't like, what what type of man do I want in my life? What type of person do I want holding space for me and spending time with me? I learned so much about myself. I literally would go to concerts by myself. I went to parties by myself. I would take myself out to lunch. I dated myself. And me dating myself really allowed me to see that I was worth a certain standard of care. I was worth a certain standard of love and appreciation because I was already giving that to myself. So now I knew going into my next relationship, which is my current relationship now, that I had already poured so much love into myself that I already knew I'm not going to accept anything less than this. I'm not going to accept anything less than the standard of love and care that I already give myself. And that is what the soft life is about. It's about upholding a standard of care and love towards yourself so much so that you can also not only share that with others, but you can expect the same from other people. The third question to ask yourself before dating someone new is, do I feel safe emotionally with this person? Do they respect my boundaries? Do they listen to me? Do they allow me to be vulnerable? This question is so important. And this was something that I didn't necessarily ask myself, but then when I found the answer to that question in my current relationship, I felt at peace. My partner makes me feel so safe and seen and appreciated. And that was a feeling that I never had received from my previous dating experiences before. When you find someone that makes you feel physically safe, but also emotionally safe, where you can let your guard down, you can be vulnerable, it really allows you to not have to be, have this like super resilient exterior all the time. Because I'm already born with that, being a black woman. You know, I, I don't really have a choice but to be strong, but to be resilient. So having a partner that gives me the space to be me unapologetically, you know, vulnerable in all phases of myself, of myself in all aspects of, of who I am, not just the good part, not just the presentable part that most people see, but all parts of me, that is emotional safety. Okay, and... You may get responses that you may or may not like. Um, so you'll have to, you know, the, the the whole point of asking yourself these questions is to do some self-reflection. And, you know, if some of these answers are like, hmm, maybe I need to work on this more, that doesn't mean that you necessarily need to, like, cut yourself off from meeting other people. I think that finding a partner or settling down with a partner or dating someone long-term should be a fun experience. So... It might take time, but don't let these responses discourage you from, you know, just something organic happening anyway, if that's the case. So now here are three questions to ask the next person that you're dating. And again, dating meaning that you are like on the path to having possibly a relationship with a person it could also just be somebody that you have been on several dates with and you're getting to know on a deeper level 
but you're not necessarily having you're not necessarily going in the direction of a relationship just yet because you know there's there's kind of this in between where you're talking to someone you're texting maybe facetiming and then you go on dates you hang out you spend time with each other and then maybe there's this phase where you decide okay like we're not going to date anyone else but you know that's kind of before you're officially in a relationship with like in a committed relationship with this person so these are three questions to ask the next person that you're dating or seriously considers seriously considering dating so number one a good question to a good question to ask is what examples of healthy love do you have in your life this question will reveal a lot about what healthy love means to this person it'll also let you know their baseline of what does healthy love mean and it can, they can even answer this question. Uh, number two is how would you describe your relationship with yourself right now? This question really gives you insight into how this person sees themselves because how we see ourselves really does affect how we see other people and then how we treat other people. So, you know, ask this person, how do you describe your relationship with yourself right now? And you know, really listen to what their response is because it can reveal a lot about where they are in life, where where they are in terms of their healing journey, if they're on a healing journey at all. And I think that's useful information at the end of the day for both of you. And number three is what did your last romantic relationship teach you? If you ask somebody this and they start going off <laughs> about how this person wasn't shit, how this person was awful, they were the worst, they were crazy, and, you know, maybe that's their truth. If that's your truth, live your truth. However, if they can't think of one positive thing about their last relationship or their last two relationships or their last three relationships, that could also be a red flag. You know, that could be a sign that this person has not necessarily applied any new information into their new relationships. So asking this question again should give you a lot of information. It should help you to understand what kind of person this person that you're talking to is, like what kind of what kind of character they have at the end of the day. Um, and last but not least, let's talk about situationships real quick. So what is a situationship? A situationship is a commitment of a relationship without the safety or physical security of a relationship. So a situationship is typically when you're dating someone and maybe you're infatuated with them, you're really into them, you love talking to them. However, there is a there is a slight expectation that you're not supposed to be talking to other people, even though this person has never asked you to be their partner long term. If unless that person has really like vocalized like, hey, I, I want to be, you know, your partner, like I want you to be my partner or vice versa. And I know every couple's different. Not not every couple has this like formal like I don't think it's formal, but not every couple goes through this stage where they ask like, hey, I want to be with you long term. Do you want to be with me long term? And maybe that title for you is do you want to be my partner? Do you want to be my girlfriend? Do you want to be my my boyfriend? Whatever title that you use. To me personally, it's helpful to have that language because then I can understand what that what those what that person's intentions are. So situationships occur when there's no clarity of like, you know, you ask the classic question, what are we? And they're like, oh, you know what it is <laughs> like that's really that's really ambiguous. That's super ambiguous because what I know is that we are 
dating and I'm not talking to anybody else. But for them, they might be like, yeah, you're my number one, but I have two, three other people on the side. So just having that communication really avoids confusion. Um, Situationships can sometimes be a slippery slope versus just dating and keeping your options open. Um, I personally feel like situationships, again, is like you're giving this commitment to this person. You're giving this loyalty. That's the word. It's really this loyalty that you're giving to someone who may or may not be reciprocating that back to you. So that's where that causes that imbalance. However, if you're dating someone and you're pretty vocal about like, hey, I'm dating you to get to know you. You know, you're hanging out. You're going on dinner dates, whatever it is that you're doing on your dates. And you're making it clear to this person, like, I'm also dating other people and they might also be dating other people. Like, that's different, right? Because then you're not committing to being exclusive or loyal to this person who really hasn't done that for you yet. And I just think that being honest with the person you're dating is really healthy and it's important. I think that having a standard of care in your relationships, whether that's emotional aftercare you know after intimacy do you require to have like emotional aftercare do you require to have you know physical touch or cuddling or whatever it is that makes you feel safe in your relationship do you require that and can that person give that to you I don't think that we need to necessarily that we need to necessarily water down or dilute our standards for other people who can't meet them if you really really want somebody who's going to go all out for you and make sure that every birthday you have feels really special and you know really puts in time and commitment into developing your relationship you deserve that if you want someone who is a little bit more open and maybe you you know you don't require that exclusivity whatever is your situation you deserve to have that person that can embody that for you. And that's really what the soft life is about is, as I said before, maintaining a standard of care in a relationship. And that's also includes the relationship with yourself, but maintaining a standard of care that doesn't require struggle. I do not believe that you need to have struggle love just because it's normalized and it seems to be the norm where we need to be in these toxic ass relationships just to find somebody that finally treats us with respect you don't need to go through that just because that is the norm if you have the opportunity to meet somebody who values you respects you wants to get to know you and maybe you start off as friends maybe you don't maybe you start off really casually whatever the case is just allowing yourself to be open to the fact that hey maybe I do deserve more maybe I deserve someone that remembers my birthday maybe I deserve someone who is able to plan dates with me maybe I deserve someone who can see a future with me and I think that there is a bare minimum when it comes to relationships it's up to you to decide what that bare minimum is to you (laughs) I have a bare minimum and I think It's important to have that standard, just like you would have for anything else in your life, you know, like with your career or with your finances or your your family, whatever it is in your life that you try to have some type of standard of how you want to uphold those things, you're allowed that space. So last but not least, I would love to share some resources about 
um, relationships, dating situationships. So first, I would love for you to check out the love situationships and relationships guide that we've created on Instagram. So it has a bunch of relationship related topics such as the love languages, the five lang- the five love languages. Um, we also have like a little quiz there, which is fun of like to decide what or figure out what is your love language. We have topics on emotional safety. We have topics on verbal and emotional abuse. We have topics on toxic relationships. So if you really want to deep dive into this topic, go on that Instagram guide and you know share it and read through it because there's a lot of um, content on that. Also, check out the books. One of my favorites, um, Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz and All About Love by Bell Hooks, of course, the classic. That book is amazing and really highlights a fresh perspective on love and relationships. And, you know, last but not least, I really want to encourage you to evaluate the partner that you may or may not be with or your current relationship status. Um, Where do you see your current relationship status going? Who what what do you really appreciate about each other in this relationship what areas need more tending to or does somebody need to get blocked because they have all these red flags (laughs) so take time to evaluate and um last but not least i'd love to shout out one of my favorite podcasts well and good which is produced by taylor camille with each episode the host of well and good podcast dig until dig into their most clicked on topics in order to reimagine what it means for you to live well And I recently listened to the episode Love Out Loud in honor of Pride Month with special guest Alok and host Rachel Ricketts. I really, really love this episode and it resonated with me deeply. So to hear the rest of the episode, click the link in our bio, in our show notes, or search for the Well and Good podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you come back to this whenever you're trying to navigate dating, life, or relationships. As always, we can't grow this podcast without you. So if you've already provided us with a review or rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, thank you so much. So keep downloading and keep sharing baddies. See you next time. To stay connected, join Sadie Baddies on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and more, and sign up for our monthly newsletter on sadiebaddies.com to stay in the loop. Sending you hella love and stay soft, baddie.